One, two, three. Do it. Oh. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No. Okay. Coming back for another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmarko. With me, as always, Mike Anderson here after the Thanksgiver's holiday. We're back. We're back at it. Here to talk some Vikings, Mike. Yeah. How are you doing tonight? Uh, not too bad. Another victory, Victory Monday, so that's always a good thing. You got to love it, Victory Monday. We're watching some Monday Night Football between uh, the Giants and the Eagles, two teams who are probably not going to make the playoffs, but, you know, Eagles still have a slight hope, so... I guess they're still they're still pushing for it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but as for now, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about in the week. Um, we won't touch on Seattle because that's just you know bringing up bad memories. But um, this week, week fourteen in the league, pretty pretty interesting, pretty fun stories happening in this league. First off, Mike, how about that shootout in the Superdome? Hit Scorigami as well. I did know, see that. If you don't know what Scorigami is, for those uninitiated on um, our listeners, it's a a unique score that has not yet happened in the NFL. So I think it was, what, 46 to 48? Yeah, I believe so. And that final score has never happened in an NFL game until this weekend. So, wow, just what a game. That game was back and forth all day, and you put up 90-plus points. That's just a show, man. Like... Everyone got their ticket price. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I don't recall many games ever that were as exciting and back and forth as that one. Uh, two of the best teams in the NFC. I think most would say probably the two best teams in the NFC, at least from a national media standpoint. Um, uh, yeah, just a shootout. Shootout down in down in New Orleans, and it uh, was, was quite the treat to watch. And I think uh, a lot of us expected a, a more defensive-centric game, um, but that is not what we got. At least I, for one, expected after you saw um, San Francisco Ravens, you saw that game go 20-23, right? Um, you figure, okay, this game might might break 24 because these are a couple of good defense and a couple of good offenses. And in my opinion, usually tie goes to the defense, but not what happened here. Um, I think Drew Brees had like 40-some-odd fantasy points, so if you sat him for whatever reason, one, what are you doing, and two, you're probably feeling pretty bad. Right, yeah. No, it was uh, it was quite the game. Uh, I think, you know, probably a sign of things to come. Uh, you know, we've got some pretty explosive offenses here uh, that appear to be, you know, on uh, uh, collision course in the postseason. Absolutely, and uh, it's going to be a fun NFC playoffs, I think, like we've said, um, I, I think this entire season, mostly, the NFC playoffs are shaping up to be a really, really fun stretch of football. Uh, but you know what? We're a couple weeks before we need to really worry about that. Uh, right now, Vikings are still trying to secure their spot in the division, and we got more around the league to talk about. First off, Denver, what the hell, taking down the Texans, who Texans, I believe, just beat the uh, Patriots, right? Yeah, like six days prior. So it's, I don't, I don't know what to make of Denver. This team seems like it's, it's a lot, uh, lot stronger than their record indicates. 
Yeah, I mean, they lost a, a, a close game or two, obviously. You look at Minnesota, um, I think they lost the game on a field goal to, I want to say, Chicago. Uh, but then they come out here against the Houston team and absolutely, you know, light them up. I think at one point the game was 38-3, uh, to I want to say. And just just a massacre. Houston comes back, gets some points late to make it uh, look, you know, not as bad as it was. But... Um, you know, I, w- I would tend to agree with you. I think Denver is a team next year that, uh, you know, m- might improve. Uh, I'm not saying they're necessarily going to be a-, a factor in the AFC, but, um, you know, certainly they're a team where if you're a Vegas uh, person, you might want to, you know, bet the over next year on that, that line. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, they have a, a great defensive-minded coach, so it seems like that's on the upper trend for Denver. Uh, maybe they found something in, in uh, their new, not not necessarily new, but their younger quarterback. Maybe that's that's something that can kind of carry them into the future. I mean, yeah. obviously, I don't think Joe Flacco is the guy that's going to be your franchise guy for the next decade, obviously, because he's he's just too old at this point. But, um, yeah, we're going to have to just watch and see what Denver does because right now I think they have a lot in front of them. They have some good young talent. They have some good veterans they can rely on. And it's going to be exciting for next year if you're a Denver fan. So, Hang in there. Um, these things go in cycles. You just gotta let it let it work through its course. Um, yep. Tennessee, though, Mike. We've been talking about these guys for I think ever since this podcast has existed. That we've ex- we've been excited for what Tennessee is doing, for the moves they're making, and I think now we're we're maybe starting to see some of that actually get put together under Tannehill. Yeah. Um, what a little career renaissance for Tannehill? You know, playing himself into his next contract. Obviously for Tennessee because he's five and one since he took over. I think now. I mean, uh, yeah. you watch out for these guys. These guys, I think they have the ability to kind of blow up the AFC bracket. Yeah, I mean they got they're getting great quarterback play. Derrick Henry is running the ball well. Um, they've got the emergence of AJ Brown um, as a wide receiver, and uh, you know they're kind of getting enough done on both sides of the ball. Uh, they're throwing up some points, you know, 42 this week. Uh, just they're getting it done, and it looks like they are indeed headed to the playoffs. So, um, you know, anytime you've got a team with, with this much confidence, uh, I don't care who you are, if you're the Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, it's it's would appear that Tennessee is not going to be an easy out. Absolutely, and uh, don't look now, but Tennessee Titans are tied with the Houston Texans for the AFC South. So, they have potential to even take that division um, coming down on the stretch here. So this could shape up very, very uh, tightly in the AFC South. And I think we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks as well. This, that's that's a very tight division, and I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those two teams um, come out on top just based on how they've been playing. Yeah, and I think Tennessee, I think they play, uh, I think two of their final three games yes. are against Houston. Yeah. Tennessee hosts Houston week 15, they play, or they host New Orleans week 16, and then they go to Houston week 17. So, three tough games coming up yeah. for Tennessee, but you know what, that's that's how your playoff runs are, are born. If you can take two out of those three, you're sitting in a real good position in the playoffs, and you're yep. coming out of there with confidence knowing you've beat a couple good squads. Um, well... This next talking point you're going to disagree with, but New England's a fraud. (laughs) Now, 
Okay. I'm, I'm going to list off New England's games here. And I want you to tell me which win is impressive. Opening up the season, 33-3 over the Steelers. Without Brown, without Bell. Is that is that really impressive? Hey, Steelers are 8-5. Uh, and five. They are now. Um, 43-0, Patriots over Miami. Is that impressive? 43-0 is impressive regardless of who you're playing. Mm. It's the Dolphins, all right? They didn't get a win until, like, week 12. Um, Patriots 30, Jets 14. Is that impressive? Yeah. No. Patriots 16, Bills 10. Is that is that super impressive? Yeah, Bills, Bills are a good team. You beat them by a, a score. That's not super impressive. Patriots 33, Redskins 7. Is that is that one? Yeah. Is that one impressive based on what we've seen? I mean, again, it's, it's pretty dominant. Patriots 35, Giants 14. Yeah. I mean, based on the record, that's really not impressive. Giants are a two-win team. Um, Patriots 33, Jets 0. Love it. Another shout-out, but it's the Jets again we're talking about. Patriots 27, Browns 13. Browns have been cratering. Not really impressed with that. Ravens 37 to the Patriots 20. So that's your first good team you played. And you lost. By double digits. Patriots 17, Eagles 10. You're watching the Eagles play right now, and they can barely handle what's going on against the Giants. Is that is that one impressive? It's just a, it's another win. Patriots 13, Cowboys 9. We've seen the Cowboys the last few weeks. Is that is that an impressive win? No? Okay. Patriots 22, Texans 28. They lost to the Texans, who just recently lost to the Broncos. Is that, is that super impressive? Well, I mean, they're piling up, though. You know, what do we Chiefs, got here? Chiefs 23, Patriots 16. I mean, the good teams they've played, they've lost to. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're still a 10-3 and team, and until somebody knocks them out of the playoffs... And they will be at one and done. Well, we'll see. But, I guarantee uh, it. I'm not, I'm not betting against them until that happens. Guarantee it, they're one and done. The New England Patriots are a fraud right now, man. We will see. Yes, we will. And when I'm proven right, it's just going to be a glorious day. Yeah, I hope so. All right, here's another one you disagree with. Apparently we're disagreeing today. The Rams in San Francisco may have opened the door for a Vikings bye. Yeah, I don't know where you're seeing this and what path you are seeing for this. What do you mean what path am I seeing for that? How are we getting a bye? Well, one, we're winning the division. Okay. Okay. So if you're if you're if you're with me there. Okay. So they're twelve and four. They're twelve and four. Okay. This is New Orleans' schedule. They play Indianapolis, which we've okay. seen. They can turn it on. That's not that's not a throwaway opponent. They can lose. They play at Tennessee. Okay. okay. We've seen Tennessee these last several weeks. They can turn it on when they need to, so that is not a gimme game. They play at Carolina. A team Problem. in their division who is going to have nothing to play for but spoilers. Yeah, but you got to think, they might shut McCaffrey down by that time. Um, Maybe. Okay. I'm saying there, the option is there. I, I think at a minimum, I think they have a, a good chance to lose one of those last three. Okay. If they do that, their record is tied at 12-4. and four. All right. In which case, the conference tiebreaker only matters if that loss is to Carolina 
Okay? Because then they lose on conference record, and we're the two seed, they're the three seed. Alright? If it's not one of those two, if it's one of the AFC teams, then it goes to common games, which we don't have four common games. Then it goes okay. to strength of victory. Okay. Which I think the Vikings lose on, but I haven't calculated that. Just based on who the Saints have beaten, I don't think we win on that mat, on that uh, tiebreaker. Okay. But the chance is there. It's open. So you're you're saying there's a chance just because it is an actual possibility. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's like, a, oh, it's like a 0.1%. I think it's an actual, you know, low-digit percentage, but I think it's, it's, it's significant. I mean, I'm still thinking we have a pretty small chance to win the division, much less get a bye. So, I mean, you're that's how far ahead well, of me you are. You gotta, you gotta have some faith, Mike. Oh. I mean, hashtag faith, that's the deal, right? I mean, I don't know if you saw the Chargers score this week, but they put up a lot of points. Oh, you think we're going to lose to the Chargers? I'm just saying that you got three games that you need to go win. Uh, and I'm not going to say that any of them are going to necessarily be easy. Oh, man, why can't he throw in that to, to number 88? Dang it. Anyway, sorry. I don't know. It's, I think it's possible, and if it happens, I think you owe me at least a hard cider. <laughs> Done. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Enough with the run of the league. Let's hop into the north face here, because this yeah. is where it's going to matter. Last couple games here. Yep. Everyone in every single division is playing. In these last three games, they're playing two of their division opponents. Um, we get to play Green Bay at home in week 16 and Chicago at home in week 17. And right yep. uh, week 15, Chicago is playing at Green Bay, if I believe correctly. So leading into that, Chicago took care of Dallas, so they're coming off of a win. And they're trying to make their, their playoff push here, which they need to have this game. Yeah. So, what do you know about Chicago, Mike? Uh, I, I mean, they needed that, that game, right? You you said backs are against the wall. Um, I do know uh, they lost Roquan Smith, it sounds like, for the rest of the season. Uh, big loss for them, a guy that uh, generated a lot of pressure and just uh, really was a nuisance out there for opposing offenses. So, uh, pretty big blow for them, but you know the one positive is that you're going to have a fired up Bears team going into Lambeau next week, and it's my belief if the Vikings have a chance to win the division, that is the game that Green Bay could slip up on. Uh, right. I don't think they're going to go to Detroit and, and you know lose a football game there. It could happen. Uh, you know, you just running through the scores. I think. Uh, you know, in the NFL, anything can happen on any given week, but it seems like week 17, uh, historically, the teams that need to get the win get the win, uh, with the exception, of course, of the Vikings last year. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think the Bears are ultimately going to have – I think they're they're too far behind right now to ultimately get back to the playoffs. But I will say that, you know, there's probably a decent shot. They're going to give Green Bay a hell of a run on Sunday – and, you know, that's good news for the Vikings, uh, really, any way you look at it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's a, that's the best chance we have at at, uh, at taking the division because it, we cannot tie the, the Green Bay's record because we don't expect them to lose two divisional games. If they do, we beat them on overall record, I think, period. So um, <coughs> it's, it's going to be an interesting week next week. The path forward for the Vikings is pretty much going to be known at that point. 
um, whether it's possible to take the division or if we're just basically going to be resigned to a number six seed. Because right now, the fifth seed is going to go to the second place in the NFC West. It just is. It's going to be either probably the third seed for the Vikings or the sixth seed. I saw that uh, apparently one of the metrics uh, or the, the kind of engines that you know plays out the rest of the season uh, currently has the Seahawks at like a twenty eight percent chance to make the playoffs after to their make loss. The playoffs? Yeah, because their schedule must be brutal to finish. Um, which to me would mean, I mean, obviously the Rams beating them was a big part of that. Uh, I think they're, what, two games in the loss column back from the Rams, but um, I don't know if that just means Seattle has to lose two of its final three and then they, they miss, or I'm not sure. But um, uh, Okay, so it's 36% to win the division. I think that's that's where we get into the difference there. 36 to win the division? What are you, what are you looking at right now? Uh, 538. Okay, does it have the playoff odds on there? Yeah, so Seattle's playoff odds are ninety eight percent, which seems about right at a ten and three record. What has it got? That, uh, what has it got? Minnesota at seventy two percent. Okay, yeah, this was uh, this was a guy on ESPN. It wasn't it wasn't the five thirty eight, but uh, basically they had it at. I guess the outcomes must have been Seattle loses two of those three. The Rams went out. Um, and somehow they missed it. I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, you got Seattle plays at Carolina. They play home versus Arizona, and they play home versus San Francisco. Yeah, you'd think, I mean, I guess you travel across the country to Carolina, but, I mean, like we just mentioned, how close are they to kind of, you know, closing up shop for the year? Uh, you know, I know they were officially eliminated this week, I believe. I saw that. Um, Correct, I think, yeah. Um, but then you look at the Rams, their schedule is at Dallas, at San Francisco, and then Arizona. So there's two games that really shouldn't be gimmies. Dallas should still be a good team if they actually show up and, and, and get coached correctly. And Arizona at this point, at that point is just playing spoilers. Right, right. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just a a division number you're looking at, not the playoffs, but I can't see Seattle fumbling that hard. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, I think that they appear to be playoff bound, uh, even with, you know, getting, uh, having that, that tough game at the end of the year. But, um, and hopefully the Rams will slip up because I know they're just one game back in the loss column from Minnesota right now. So it'd be nice just to, you know, not need to worry if we did slip up one of these last three. Yeah, it, it, like we could come right down to the wire with the the Rams. That's hundred percent certain. Um, I don't know how we got on this after talking to the North Face, but we're, here we are. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say here, um, it's it's going to be interesting because in these playoffs, there is legitimately going to be a high chance that a twelve and four team are going to be playing a seven and nine NFC East opponent. At the at the seven and nine opponent, and that's just—I hate that. That's just so dumb. Right. Yeah. Is what it is. I mean, this is gonna be me standing for the crossover rule again. 
um, from the CFL. If you're unaware of what the crossover rule is in the CFL, what it is is the sixth ranked team. So in this case, the NFC East winner would get knocked out of the playoffs. This is also, you'd have to re- do the reseeding, so it'd just be straight one through six seeding. The lowest uh, record would get knocked out if the other conference had a seventh ranked team with a higher record. So in this case, you could potentially have, I mean, the Raiders could get up there, the Colts could get up there, the Browns could still get up there, um, Titans or Houston could get up there, because we forgot about the Bills at 9-4. and four. They're technically a wildcard team right now. Right. So one of these teams would then knock out the the NFC East participant, and you'd have an interesting playoff format. I don't know, just food for thought. It's an idea. I think it's a good one, but, you know, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> so the North Face. Talk about Chicago, talk about Dallas. Um, Green Bay this week kind of barely, barely pulled out the win against Washington, which, I mean, can we really say that, you know, can we really say that without uh, saying it to ourselves, too? I mean, we only beat them by 10, but. Yeah, I had a chance to watch that whole game. Um, and, you know, Green Bay was basically up by 8 the whole time. I think they jumped out 14-0 right away. And then Washington ends up getting a touchdown, misses the extra point, uh, and just kind of stayed right there for most of the game after that. Um, they did get a, get the ball back with, I don't know, <laughs> 7 minutes or so. And got to right around midfield, ended up punting on a, I want to say it was like fourth and five or something like that. I thought maybe they should have went for it. You know, it's as close as you're going to get. They were kind of starting yeah. a mini drive. But, um, yeah, they end up winning. I think, you know, Green Bay is, is again, we've said all year, even though they're 10-3, and three, um, I think a lot of the belief, belief around Minnesota is that they're not, you know, they're not your typical 10-3 and three team. I guess they don't really instill any fear in me. I would welcome a matchup against them in the playoffs. I think, uh, you know, yes, do they still have Aaron Rodgers? Do they still have uh, the ability for him to carry a team and and win games on his own? Yes, but we haven't seen it very often. Uh, I saw today their their average third down right now is 8.2 yards. So, um, that's that's not going to be good enough in the playoffs. No, they're getting into, you know, longer situations in, you know, third and fourth down. Their their defense, while they've generated some pressure, um, I think there's still some concerns there. I don't think they're using Aaron Jones as much as they should. Uh, So, you know, I know this isn't the the Packer podcast, but, um, you know, it's a team that I think has a long way to go. I'm really curious how they're going to come out and play next week. I guess a nice thing for uh, those of us that are, you know, passionate about football and, and, you know, kind of care about how this is going to play out for the Vikes. I believe Green Bay and Chicago would be the noon game that should be televised, uh, I would assume, as the game of the week for Fox. And then the Vikings now play at 3 o'clock. For those of you that did not hear, you know, it's flexed out of Sunday night football. So you're going to have an opportunity to watch both. Um, get a great preview of, of a couple of the opponents to come here, uh, you know, right after the Chargers. Yeah, definitely if you're in Minnesota, you're probably going to get that game. And like you said, it is it is exactly true. Um, Bears-Packers at 1 p.m., we're probably going to get that game. And I think we'll also get um, Titans-Texans possibly. I think that's the premier game on CBS. So we'll get both of those at noon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. Then, as you said, Vikings Chargers flexed out because Chargers are now eliminated. 
So they play at 3.05 instead of Sunday Night Football, which, honestly, I'm kind of happy with. I'd, I'd much rather have the 3 o'clock game than night game, especially when you're on that side of the, the country. Just right, doesn't right. seem like we've done very well um, at night games on the West Coast. Because what do we have? We had the, the really late Monday Night Football game opening in 2016. If I'm not mistaken, where we got pretty much destroyed. Last two times we've played Seattle on Monday Night Football, we've gotten destroyed. So, I'm happy with that. Okay. Anything else with the North Face here? I mean, we're going to be talking about it a lot coming up in the next couple weeks, I'm sure. Well, I think you nailed it. It's going to actually come down to uh, this week. I mean, I I think, unfortunately, if... Green Bay beats Chicago, Minnesota beats San Diego. Uh, you keep an eye on the Rams, and then I think you know you ultimately uh, need to start focusing in on uh, most likely heading to <laughs> Green Bay um, again in the wild card weekend. So yep. uh, we'll see. This is a big week, though, like you said, and um, we got to get we got to get to that next week with with that game mattering before you know we get all crazy about it. Yep. All you can do is, is uh, do what you can um, do for yourself, and that's just get your own wins and just watch where everything else falls. And if it ends up in your favor, great. If not, well, you did the best you could with uh, the time you had remaining. So, All right, Mike. Vikings Detroit recap. We're going to get started right in on that after the short break. And we are back, Mike, talking Vikings Detroit uh Vikings take this game without really without really much fanfare. I mean, this was really a boring game if you looked at it. I mean, 120 to 7 and the 7 was a really late 7, so this game was never really out of hand. It, it was it kind of felt a lot like Washington when we played them. Just just really a dull affair. Just you always you felt like you were in control the entire game. Yeah. Um, I would agree. Which is a good feeling. You're supposed to do that to a weaker opponent, but it's it's especially good against a division opponent because those games can always just be a little bit wonky. So, um, as always, let's kind of start with with the offense. Um, what do you know about the offense so far, Mike? Um, you know it's it's weird because I think you nailed it right. It's twenty to nothing a lot of the game. Uh, I think I always wish that we were one of these teams that would continue then to pour it on. Um, you know, it seems like in this day and age in the NFL, we're always talking about 35, 42, you know, 46, 48. Uh, and I mean, I know we're down Thielen and, and Dalvin um, may not be 100%. We got a pretty healthy dose of, of Madison this week. Um, but it would have been nice, I think, to maybe throw some more points up uh, right. overall, though I think the offense is trying to get by right now. You know, I think getting Thielen back will be huge. You know, Diggs still had some really nice catches this week, uh, which it seems like is a statement we're making every single week. Um, but getting Thielen back is huge because it frees up, you know, it frees up Diggs. It's going to uh, most likely free up some some space in the run game. It's going to give Cousins more options. It's it's just he's you know one of our most valuable players on offense, and cannot wait for him to be back. Well, yeah, I've joked about this before on on the Twitter, and it's I can't remember the last time that the Vikings played with both those guys healthy. It, that's, it's been that long. I think it's been, what, week five when they were last both healthy? 
Yeah, I think uh, PA said it's basically, essentially Benny's been out seven weeks if you count when he came in for whatever, like two plays against Kansas City, I think. Which, which I really don't because, I mean, he was in and then he was gone. So really, that after that first series of Detroit, that's when he was gone and we haven't had him to rely on him yeah. since. So um, you look at, at least personally I'm looking at what this Vikings offense is doing without Thielen. And seeing how it's still being able to move the ball. These guys are still getting open. We're still completing these passes. Diggs is still getting open downfield for these long catches. And then you just salivated what's going to happen once there's another premier option in Thielen on the field. And getting him healthy, getting him 100% healthy and ready to go for the playoffs is going to be key. Because I don't want him to start if he has any chance of re-injuring that thing. Right. Right. Just just keep him sit. Like we can we can tread water and we can get there. But you gotta get him back healthy because this offense is a whole different level when he's there with Diggs and with Cook and with Rudolph and with Irv Smith. It just it goes to a different stratosphere. Yeah, I mean I think he's you know, he's a game changing wide receiver, one of the more um you know, unique athletic receivers out there, just his ability to get open, such a clean route runner. Uh I think, you know, we've said it many, 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 many times. Um, we need him back, and it just opens so many doors for the rest of the offense. Absolutely. So hopefully we'll get him back this week. If not, you know, having him back for that Green Bay game, that's going to be huge. So at the very least, I want him back for that because we're going to need him. Um, Kirk Cousins, rather pedestrian day, but pretty efficient. Uh, no mistakes, really, except for... The potential interception that ended up as in a Bradbury career first career reception, um, which is funny if you if you're into the PFF grades. If you look at it, Bradbury has like a sixty point three receiving grade. So that that was funny that he has a passing <laughs> grade. Nice. So um, yeah, I mean, Kirk has been pretty solid since since week four. He's just been consistent. And even in the losses, it seems like he's been very consistent, very uh, mistake-free. And when there are turnovers, it's it's typically either not his fault or he was really completely blindsided way before it should have happened. So um, right. I think you got to be happy with the player getting out of Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's an efficient day. You know, he did enough. Um, I think, you know, we've mentioned already the next three weeks are big because this is go time. You're already hearing it. National media, like, okay, are the Vikings going to collapse? You know, are are they able right. to finish the season strong? And uh, San Diego put up 45 points, as we'll touch on here soon. Uh, or sorry, te- technically not San Diego anymore, but uh, Chargers threw up 45. You know, and then you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers in December in a big game, and then you've got a Chicago team that's had your number uh, that you really haven't been able to beat in a while, and, and has really caused stress on Cousins as a quarterback. So, you know, let's see how he does in these next three. Um, you know, I think he's obviously changed the narrative quite a bit this year, but now we're getting to the point where can this team? and Cousins change the narrative that, you know, can can Zimmer go out and win these big games? And right. um, I think there's more to it than Cousins. You've got to be really happy with how he's playing. What is, he's got like 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, something like that. I mean, he's he's playing really well. And, and, uh, and a note, of the four interceptions, three of them came off of batted passes to Stefan Diggs. Right, so, right. So, 
I mean, you can't even really blame almost any of those on, on Cousins. So he's been playing, I think, phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, he's got to keep it up. You know, he'll get a little bit uh, of, a, I think, a, a stiffer defensive test, uh, you know, actually each of the next three weeks. So, um, yeah, let's hope he keeps building on it. Absolutely. Um, like you said, I think this is this is the make or break for the Vikings, for Kirk Cousins, for um, this whole organization. Is can we get through this hump? Can we finish strong? Can we get to the twelve and four? Because that that should be the goal, hundred percent. And you let the chips fall where they lie with the division. I mean, you're right. twelve and four, and if you end up being a wild card team at twelve and four, I mean, some years it's just that's how it goes. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I was just talking uh, with someone the other day, and it's like we got to think about this whole season in context. If they go twelve and four, every single Vikings fan would have been ecstatic at the beginning of the year if we would have said, "Hey, you're going to go twelve and four this year." Doesn't matter, you know, the fact that it might not be good enough to win a division. It might be the worst seed. You might not be hosting a a playoff game at all. Uh, You know, those are kind of intangibles that we don't have control of. So. Um, yeah, season still on, on track to be really solid. Let's hope that maybe we get a break here this week and Chicago does us a favor. Um, and you never know. There's still three weeks left. A lot can happen. Uh, as you mentioned, we still could fight our way to a bye. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Well, just, just fathom this, all right? There is a legit possibility that we could end up with a wildcard team at thirteen and three, and a wild card team at twelve and four. That is a legit possibility. Yeah, that is absolutely bonkers, insane. I I don't remember the last time we saw something like that. Maybe one team is like a twelve and four, eleven and five is a wild card, but that is absolutely insane. Right. So, I mean, my first prediction or my my original prediction when I do is I have this calendar at work, right? It's got a blank sheet in the front. That's where I mark off what the Vikings did. Behind that is another schedule, all right, that I put down my realistic prediction for wins and losses. I had us going eleven and five. So if we end up twelve and four, I'm ecstatic. If we go eleven and five, that's exactly what I expected. Right. So anyway. Yeah. BC is the real deal. Yeah, you you're in? I am all in on BC. He has shown me so much since Steelen's been out. Um, he, he's a true wide receiver three, and it's the seventh round pick, I believe. Just, I mean, you can't, you can't just be more ecstatic about hitting on this guy in the seventh round. I mean, you look at the Vikings wide receivers. Um, your one A, one B is, I believe, Diggs was about a fourth round, and then an undrafted guy, and then your third guy is a seventh round pick. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's awesome. No, I mean, he, he's come in uh, and, and done quite a bit more than, you know, he would have expected this year. Uh, just was out there basically the same amount of plays as Diggs this week and, you know, able to get it done, had the nice touchdown catch. Uh, I think, you know, obviously we'd love to, to live in a world where Thielen and Diggs are both healthy and, and uh, we're not relying on him as much as we are right now, but He's gaining a lot of experience. The team is still winning. Uh, yes. So only positive things. I think we've got a lot of young guys that uh, are coming in and, and getting a good run due to a lot of different injuries, and um, that builds character. It builds depth. Uh, I think for Zim, it builds 
you know, trust and confidence in some of these younger players. So um, you're able to almost get a glimpse of the future without, uh, you know, having to just take a chance on someone. You know, you're able to actually get a, a little bit of, of tape on a guy and, and see what they're, you know, doing well, see where they can improve. And um, right. just, yeah, I know the focus here was, was on uh, Johnson, but I, I think across the board we've got other guys that are doing the same thing. I mean, we got yeah, Gary, Gary Bradbury. His his season's been just a trajectory upwards of what what I've seen from him personally from from uh, my background of, of old linemen. I I see him getting better and better every game. I see him making um, more complex, more difficult blocks, and he's he's absolutely crushing it. He had a couple really really nice blocks um, this past Sunday. Um, and you know, you look at uh, Alexander Madison. He's coming and he's playing very well. Uh, it almost seems like you you see almost zero drop off between him and and Cook. Obviously, that's not true, but um, I mean they're interchangeable there, so you can kind of give those guys a break, keep them fresh. And, and like you said, the BC, all these other young guys are having across the D line, across the the corner group. Um, it's it's just good to see, and that's kind of the resiliency and the depth you need to have to make a deep playoff push. Because some of the guys are going to get hurt. It's just it's just what's going to happen. It's just natural for that to happen. And being able to rely on those guys in the stretch run and know that they're going to step up and play well because you've seen it before, I mean, that's that's a huge feather in our cap that we can rely on. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't, you know, can't agree with you more. So. All right, well, then on to the next point. Um, is Treadwell good? Hey, you know I've always liked Treadwell more than, uh, in general, the state of Minnesota. So, um, you know, I always thought, always thought when he got the ball, uh, you know, looked like a football player, looked like someone that, uh, you know, kind of finished hard, I guess, a guy that's tough to bring down. And, um, I mean, I'm really happy that he's had a couple of nice catches here. Uh, you know, even the long touchdown last week, it's, I don't know, I feel good for the guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like getting cut, it kind of jarred something loose in his brain and, and maybe humbled him just enough to where maybe he's working a little bit hard in practice. I mean, obviously I can't verify this, but um, it just seems like he's he's got a different attitude about him. He's got a different way about him. It seems, it seems like he's more accepting of kind of that third, fourth wide receiver role that he's kind of running right. with right now. Right. Um, now, going forward, I think I, you still do – you still take BC as the third. But, I mean – I honestly, I wouldn't be that mad if he ends up being your fourth, fifth wide receiver on the team and you throw him in there for a dozen snaps a game and, and just let him fly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'm with you. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you've lost a little trust over some of the situations. You look at the Green Bay game last year and, and, yep. and whatnot, but... Um, but he did have touchdown yeah. in that game, so I mean, how mad can he really be? I, I think, you know, he's... He's going to be there if, if this team, you know, cannot get healthy. Uh, I think it's someone that obviously knows the the system a little bit and, you know, knows the players. Again, you get a little bit of that uh, camaraderie and, and whatnot. Right. But um, we'll see. I guess um, I'm kind of hopeful that he's not making a huge impact down the road here. But um, Yeah, because that means probably someone else is hurt. So. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a... It's a good problem to have to have a couple of really, really strong uh, performing receivers in that the third, fourth wide receiver role. Um, right, right. Speaking of that, I mean, 
we spread the ball to eight different targets, so eight different receivers on twelve or different twelve different receivers were targeted. Receivers, uh, running backs, fullbacks, whatever. That number is crazy to me. I didn't even think we had eleven people that could catch the ball. What apparently we did. Well, what you got? Uh, so my guess is what, four running what, backs, counting Ham. You know. Well, but was there a fourth running back? Because it would have been what Cook, Madison, Ham, right? Yeah. BC. Diggs, um, Treadwell, right? So it's six. Um, then my guess is what the three tight ends: Conklin, Irv, Rudy. So that's nine. Where are your other two? Uh, I think didn't Amir Abdullah have a catch? Okay, so we're at ten. Uh, oh, oh, Bradbury. Bradbury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eleven, but who's the twelfth for the target? But there were twelve oh. targets. Yeah, uh, looks that's, like that's what I read. it looks like uh, Alexander Hollins had that one uh, over on the right sideline. The oh, rookie, okay. Rec- yep. Okay. Had a target. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's it's the Garrett Bradbury reception that's throwing us off here. That's getting us to eleven. Just so we're clear. Setting records for uh, rookie receptions as a as a center. I'm telling you, man. That's right. It's breaking all kinds of records. Um, but yeah, anything else in the offense? I mean. It's it's excited. It's it's good to be this excited about this offense. We haven't had this in quite a while, and I'm here for it, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I think let's hope they can keep it going. All right, next unit, special teams. If we would have been talking about this in Seattle, I would have been pissed because we had a lot of crap go wrong in Seattle. Right. But no missed kicks. Coverage seemed decent. Punts were very good. Um, put in spots where, you know, we could down it or it was fair caught. Uh, the only caveat here was I think Hughes was injured late in the game, so we had a backup punt returner. So I don't want we'll to wait and see kind of how that pans out. Um, yeah. The last time Hughes was out, I think we fumbled it twice. Okay. Well, I'll keep an eye on the report here, obviously, in a day or two and, and see where we're at heading into heading into the weekend. Yeah. I, I think, did we have BC back there? Catching punt after Hughes was out, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that would make sense. We saw that a little bit in the preseason, I believe. Okay, so yeah, a storyline to keep an eye on um, could potentially factor in, especially if in an outdoor stadium um, at the West Coast. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, we have a kicker. He's relatively decent. He's not Brett Maher missing kicks, who is now being replaced by Kai Forbath. Who was recently cut by New England Patriots? Who then now they don't have a kicker because Nick Folk was still out, and I don't know who they're signing. And then Adam Vinatieri is now on IR. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm happy just to have a kicker whose leg hasn't fallen off. Yeah, there so, you go. I mean, I still don't think he ranks in top five kickers, so I'm not buying that Bailey jersey yet. Well, we got time. We got three more games. It's true. So. We'll see how that pans out. Um, I believe if, if I win that bet, I think you owe me like a six-pack or something, if I remember right. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Okay. So here's hoping for a six-pack of, uh, of some ciders or some something other, other delicious thing. But special teams, I'm done with this topic, unless you have any strong evidence no. to the contrary. No. Okay. Defense. It's better, when we, it's better if we don't have to talk about it, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, defense. So, bounce back game from giving up 37 to Seattle. Uh, pretty stout against the Detroit team. I mean, I don't think they scored until like, what, 10 minutes left? Something like that? 
uh, wasn't it? I thought it was even later than that, wasn't it? It very well could be. Um, and let's look at the, the Pro Football Reference one. Uh, but yeah, pretty stout, pretty stout outing. Um, I yeah. think we held them to like sixty some odd rushing yards, something like that. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. A lot of lot of pressure. Um, you know, it it honestly felt for a while there. It's like, has Detroit crossed the fifty yet? You know, um, you know, you know, you knew they had maybe a time or two, but it was just one of those games where it felt like the field was tilted. You know, in our favor. Two minutes, two minutes, fourteen seconds remaining is when they uh, they got their touchdown. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, great bounce back for um, the Vikings defense, and I'm just because you just mentioned it, and I'm kind of taking a look here to see exactly how far they got. So they got uh, in the first quarter, they got up to the Minnesota forty, but then were sacked for fourteen yards by. Neil Hunter, so they punted from the Detroit 46. Um, got to the Detroit 21 punts. They got to um, yeah, the Minnesota, Minnesota 27 missed field goal, right? So Matt Brady missed field goal with a yep. minute left in the, the two minutes. So um, also able to double dip or not double dip, able to get a touchdown at the end of the the half. The Vikings were so. Overall, good show in there. Defense getting this ball back, and Vikings able to take advantage with 40 seconds left. Um, yeah. So, as we said, great bounce back for the Vikings. I don't know how sustainable this is because this is obviously a weaker team without Stafford. They're playing with their third-string quarterback. But, hey, that's a great showing for the defense. That's a great confidence booster. You can build off that. You can build off what we did here. Um I think Harrison Smith had a great game. Seemed like he was making tons of plays. Um, saw him doing his kind of shadowing thing up in the line. And I, I just love when he does that. Um, freaks the quarterback out. So, any other dirty hair, hairy appreciation? No, it was good to see him have a good game. Uh, I think I heard, you know, a little bit last week, you know, that even uh, Harry had had a bad game in the Seattle game. And, and uh, you know, the defense overall, I think, you know, you can't give up that many points. Uh, so I, I think it was just a nice bounce back. Again, maybe it's an inferior opponent, certainly with the quarterback that was out there for them. But, um, you know, much like I said, it's impressive if the Patriots shut someone out. It's impressive in the NFL if you can hold a team to, you know, a very minimal amount of points. Yeah, especially hold them to that with two minutes remaining in the game. Basically, yeah. the game's over at that point. But, uh, yeah, um, another thing just regarding the secondary we did this corner rotation thing, and I think part of part of this was Xavier Rhodes didn't start the game. He was out the first couple series. I think that was more punitive for Xavier after what happened in Seattle game. I, I wasn't exactly sure the details what happened there. Apparently, he was yelling at uh, Harrison and and, and Zimmer. Um, so I don't know the full details of that, but this seemed like a punitive thing, and then they just kept on rotating corners, which it worked really well. So. I mean, I'd be happy doing that in the future. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I, I guess, actually, I was going to be curious on your thoughts. You know, um, I, I don't know if that's, if it is something that Zimmer was, you know, actually testing out and, and 
he's got a you know a new plan, new theory that he might roll out. Uh, obviously, it, it appeared to work well, and I, I think at times we've discussed how we could get Hughes or or um, you know Mac Alexander, some of these different guys that appear to you know just have it certain games. How can we get them on the right. field a little bit more? Um, maybe this is the answer. You're obviously going to get a decent receiving group coming up here with the chargers. You've got, you know, an Aaron Rodgers who's very good at, at finding open receivers for the most part. So you're going to need your corners to be on there. Um, and then, you know, luckily you get Trubisky or, you know, whoever they have in there, uh, at that point in time. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. I think it's too early to identify if this is a trend or, or a mirage, but, um, I guess, Good news is it, it seemed to work, you know, positively. So, yeah, uh, we'll just have to keep an eye on it going forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I'm trying to look at the snap counts here, but you look at okay, so Anthony Harris was in for all snaps, same with Harrison Smith in coverage, uh, Mac Alexander in for 57. So that's obviously we were nickel package a ton, um, but then you saw Wayne's. Um, it seemed like Wayne's was cycling in. He was at 29. Xavier Rose at 29. Holton Hill at 27. Um, I think uh, Jalen Curse was in there for seven. So, yeah, I, I think I don't know exactly what they were doing with it because I'm I'm not as adept as some people are at like the film analysis thing. I don't know if they were doing different coverages and they were using different corners for different coverages and subbing in like that. I don't know, but like we said, whatever they were doing was working fairly well. Um. Just seemed to take away the top of the defense. Seemed to confuse just enough to, to make some of the um, some of the, the throws a lot more difficult than they typically are, and maybe that matters less against a, a more adept quarterback that can read that better. I'm not certain, um, but it's definitely something interesting. I like to keep an eye on going towards the end of the season here and into the playoffs. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I agree. I'd also like to point out. Uh, Anderson Dejo, even though he only had six snaps, was the highest uh, graded defend defender for the Vikings. So there's that if you care. Okay, good to know. So Sandejo, little Renaissance back with the Vikings, you know, getting that yeah. game stealing yeah. interception. Yeah. All right. Anyway, next one here. Man, how how great is the Neil Hunter? Uh, he's, <laughs> he's apparently, I, I think, heading for, uh, the old Hall of Fame at this rate. I mean, I know it's early, but, If he man. stays in this trajectory, man, just wow. He's, I think he's just turned 25, is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Just absolutely nutty. Yeah, 50 sacks, uh, up to 12 and a half, I think, this year, um, you know, obviously a, a pretty good shot, I would say, to get to, you know, 15, 16 sacks, which is a hell of a season, um, especially considering, you know, he's seen double, triple coverage. He's, he's seen focus on him quite a bit. Uh, so, yeah, just a monster. And, you know, the fun part is he's still got uh, a lot of football left in him. Well, we're having this conversation at work here today. Um, when do you think the prime age range is for, like, a, like a DM? You think like what twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine is when they're kind of they're they're fully built into their body. They're they're speedy. They know they know all the techniques and they have the experience to really 
really mix it up and really get in the heads of uh, offensive linemen. So you figure that's about the range where they peak. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at just from a Viking standpoint, you look at uh, Jared Allen, you look at Ev, you know, those guys, I think that's probably the right number, that 29 uh, right around there. I think, you know, obviously, usually strength has a has a part of it, but when you look at Daniil Hunter, uh, it's very, very clear that that's not a problem for him. Um, so I think speed, for, man. I, I, I also think for him, it's, it's just uh, learning, right? Really fine tuning some of his moves and, uh, you know, kind of gaining, gaining through playing, you know, I think right. there's, there's so much in football where you just have to, you have to play more games, right? He's going to gain so much from the experience itself, uh, become a smarter player and, um, you know, be able to identify certain things on the offense, uh, that maybe right now he's he's identifying, but he, he might be nervous to act on, or he's he's not yet seeing clearly yet. So um, yeah, you know it's it's very scary for uh, opposing offenses to think that his best football might still be to come. Right. <laughs> um, I'm just excited to see to see him develop, man. It's it's just exciting, and I, honestly, if I'm putting a wager down, I'm I'm wagering that he will at some point in his career beat the single season sack record. It's just, it seems like it's inevitable at this point for this kid. Um, so, so lucky he's on our team and not chasing after our quarterback because, man, that guy's a terror. And if you let him go, he's going to wreak havoc on your team. Yeah, um, you know, I'm with you. I thought actually there's a shot this year, the way he was going. Um, you know, because we've seen him have a game of three like this. Uh, and obviously, if he goes 3 3 3 here uh, to finish it out, it could get kind of fun. But, um, you know, I would agree with you. I think at some point he might flirt with that number. I mean, right now he's at 13, like you said. So, um, yeah, he could potentially get there. Like you said, 3-3-3 three, three, three gets you half away. Um, don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but hey, right. we've seen crazier. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, that's it's just going to be fun to see this kid develop. It's it's just crazy to think he's... He's not even in his prime yet, and he's still doing this. So, anyway, anything else on the defense before we wrap up the Detroit recap? No, good game. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of a recurring theme. We want to see. We want to see them build on it. Uh, let's keep it going. Keep it going into the Chargers. So the Chargers, as we mentioned before, have been eliminated from playoff contention. Yep. Um, so, Mike, what do we know about the Chargers here? Uh, we know that it's a team that had a frustrating season. Um, you know, a team that I think before Derwin James was injured in the preseason, a team that I had considered picking to come out of the AFC for the Super Bowl. Uh, then you run into a Melvin Gordon holdout. You run into, like I mentioned, the James injury. Um, you know, they, they had a few other injuries there early on. And then you combine that with them losing some heartbreaking games. Uh, they've lost games in ways you can't even fathom this year. Uh, I was just looking. They actually have the sixth best uh, differential in in uh, the AFC. Um, and well, I think it's by a, a, a... What? They just beat freaking Jacksonville by 35. True, true. But, I mean, it's, you know, you've got all these other teams that have had chances to, to win games as well. Okay. Um, but... You know, it, it's still a decent football team. I think the fact that they're just eliminated 
you know, I'll be curious to see if, if we already start to get, you know, some inactives or guys shut down. Um, but you've got a team that's got talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think on, you know, the offensive side, uh, you've got, you know, an aging Phillip Rivers that has struggled a little bit, but still got weapons. Um, in Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler has been really good this year. Melvin Gordon, uh, obviously one of the better running backs in the NFL. Um, and then you flip over to the defensive side with, again, Derwin James coming back. You've got Bosa. Um, I believe they've got Casey Hayward and, and some others out there in, in the, the secondary. So uh, really some talent. Uh, just haven't been able to put it together this year. Uh, so I don't really know what to expect for, for what we're going to get. Um, I have a feeling you could see a team that just lays down. But then yeah. I look at this score from last week, and uh, you know that, that's a bit alarming. <laughs> Uh, definitely. Um, you know, if this was two years ago, it'd be even more alarming because it'd be against Jacksonville, who at some point their, their defense is completely not even close to what they were in 2017. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm going to be, like I said, I'm going to be curious to see what they do going into this game. The smart money, if, if I'm owner GM of the Chargers, I'd be shutting down Keenan Allen right now. He's often injured. You want to protect him as much as you can. Get him back for the start of next year when you know there's still a chance and everything's on the table. Right now, there is no reason to be playing some of these guys. Like some of them, young guys, sure, you play them, get them, get them more reps. But a guy like Keenan Allen, I, I don't really see why you need to play him. Same with Rivers. Like, you know what Rivers is. Why do you need to put him at risk? Even if he's going to be there just for an, another couple years, why would you even consider putting him at risk? Yeah, I think the only you know the only only counter argument to that would be some of these guys might have um, you know numbers built into the contract where if they get to X amount of catches yards you know you know contracts better than I do. Um, not sure if they have any of that for some of those players. Right. Um, but otherwise, I I tend to agree with you. Uh, usually, we don't see that until. Uh, maybe 16 and 17. I think it's a it's a little bit more rare to see it uh, coming into week 15. Um, but certainly, if you have players that you know you want healthy and you want right. to just kind of focus on getting well for next year, I would agree with you. You know, now's the time. And, and you know, I guess that kind of that is kind of like a a recurring thing in the NFL. That is like be smarter with your players because. I fully understand it's very unlikely they're going to sit anyone next week. But all in all logical sense, they should. And then, and like you said, if there's any contract things built in, then maybe you come to a settlement saying, okay, you were on pace for this, we'll give you that. Or maybe we'll give you on pace plus 10%. And then if that hits your threshold, then, hey, you hit it. Um, so I think there's a remedy there if that was ever a dispute. Um, much like the, the thing last year with Nick Foles where it's like, or not, was it last year or the year before? Um where he was like one snap away from hitting a, a contract threshold and they gave it to him anyway. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. So, I, I don't know. Like I said, you, you think if, if you were smart as a GM, you're eliminated from playoffs. This game is meaningless. All it is is playing spoilers for a conference you don't care about. So, why why would you even risk any of your guys right now? Because it's one fluke play and you lose a guy with an ACL. And if you hit it at this time... He's not playing until October. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think I would like to see that as well. Um, It's just, you know, there's there's more to it. There's obviously fans that are buying tickets. There's, you know, uh, there's all different aspects. But um, I'm not 
by any means saying shut the entire team down, but if you've got some of these star players, um, maybe you're a little more cautious with them, you know, and and just uh, they play a little bit less, and then you're able to shut them down week 17, something along those lines, you know. Yeah, maybe just snap count, something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're in agreement there. Um, beyond that, I mean, I think we're favored by five points right now, which seems a little bit light, but based off of this last week, that seems probably about right. Um, so, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts going into this game? What do we think is going to happen? Well, I mean, I'm a little nervous just because it's a it's a road game, right? It's a road game uh, that sounds like should have pretty strong contingent of Vikings fans. Um, but at the same time, we're perfect at home, perfect at home this year. Uh, the losses have come on the road. It's a team that just put up 45 points. It's a, a team that still has some good players. So um, I think it's okay to be a little bit nervous. Um, however, I got to, I got to, Think positive here going into these final three, and I'm going to say the Vikings win a road game. I'm not prepared to say we're going to go in there and, and necessarily blow them out. Uh, I think it's going to be something like 27-21. I just haven't seen enough from the defense consistently uh, to think that you know this is another game where we can keep a team at that 13-14 mark. Um, but I have seen enough from the offense to think that we can put up you know close to 30 points. So. Uh, I think the Vikings win a game that stays close for the most part the whole time. You know, you're not going to be able to breathe easy until that uh, that victory formation happens at the very uh, very late in the game. But I'm giving the Vikes the the win. I, I think I'm on the same same vein there. Just the, the defense has not been consistent enough for me basically the entire season to make me think that uh, we can shut down even a team that's eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and I think it's going to be something like a 34 to 24, and that's with the assumption that Thielen is playing. And uh, I think we put up a lot more points than, than we're used to in the last several weeks here, um, just because it's that big of a boon having him on the field and that big of a, a mismatch with the opposing defenders. So I think it's going to be 34 to 24 if Thielen plays. If he doesn't, I think we lose a touchdown and it's 27 24. That's where I'm at. Okay. All right. Uh, closing thoughts here, Mike, as we, we hammer the home stretch here. I mean, we're already one game into the fourth quarter of the season. Like, I can't even believe that right now. Yeah, it's going to happen fast here with every, you know, you got the holidays, everything else going on. Um, I think my closing thought is I want to see Zimmer and Cousins and this team, this, this veteran-laden team, uh, get it done, get into the playoffs, and... Um, you know, I don't care if they need to win three games in a row on the road. I, I want to see this team go in and, and win some tough football games. I think they've proven, you know, with the exception of that Chicago game, uh, that they can stay close. And and I look even closer in the second half of the season. You go into Seattle and, and play a tough game. Um, I, I think they're capable of doing it, and it's just there's – one small play here or there on each side of the ball that's cost us. Right. And uh, let's see if they can actually go and eliminate that. Um, it feels like the same, you know, the same narrative that we've had year in and year out with different coaches. It's just, can they go and, and just get it done? And they certainly look like they're going to put themselves in a, in a position to have a chance. And man, I'm just hoping we get to see them go out and actually do it. Um, I don't think I'm going to add to that because I think that's that's per closing thought of of 
where we're facing, where we're headed. So, um, with that, I'm at Namok7 on the Twitter. Uh, I am musky underscore Mike. You know, we're the Sculptures Podcast, part of the Klamath Pocket Network. Um, Daily Norseman, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We're out there. Go check out uh, the, the rest of the network there. A lot of good shows going on there. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And tell your friends, tell your family. Especially over the holidays here, you're going to have some free time. Maybe check out all of our back catalog, Bi Week Buzz. That was a fun show. Yeah. Uh, got a little bit little bit sloshed there. Um, I've been told yeah, you. The next, next morning was rough. Yeah, not. Not a fun next morning, definitely. But uh, you know what? We got it done. We sacrificed our livers for you, our loyal listeners. Um, but that's it. That's it, Mike. That's all we got left to do here. Say Skull Vikes. Let's go. Skull.